All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dad Show. I'm Rob. And I am Sal. And we have a very, very, very entertaining episode for you tonight. Entertaining and interesting. Yes. And we have an expert in the house, too. Yes. Who can tell us all about it. So, Sal, do you want to tell us what the episode is about? Yes. Tonight we are talking about living with the in-laws. The Woo! <laughs> oh, shit, Sal. You are an expert on that. <laughs> I brought my expert hat tonight. So you you have recently been liberated, my friend. I have been liberated. It was my wife's birthday present. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> my in-laws moved out. Lucky you. So how, how long did you endure the pain? Uh, six months. Six months? Six months they were here. Bravo. Rob, Rob, Rob's, the, uh, Rob's the expert. Look at that. The crowd, the crowd loves you. going wild. They love you, Rob. But I am not the expert. How long have you lived with your in-law? Oh, it's going on 13 years now. Yes, yes, 13 years. Now, for those rad dads out there that are contemplating on living with your in-law or in-laws or outlaws, however you want to call them, there are pros and cons of living with your outlaws. So one one great aspect, if your in-laws are living with you prior to you having kids and then you start having kids, well, it, it is a little uncomfortable because they probably hear everything if they're not deaf when you're practice, practicing at nighttime. But anyway, um, so one, one, of, uh, one of the benefits of having the in-laws living with you when you're having kids is you're saving on that, the uh, daycare. When when my, you and your uh, you and your wife go to work, your your in laws can watch the baby when you're off to work. Unless you don't trust your in laws, then that's a different story. I've met people where that has been the case. They don't trust their in laws. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. That's interesting. Yes, it is. What the fuck did they? Yeah. <laughs> did they do that? They don't trust their in laws. I will tell you for those men out there. You don't just marry the lady. You marry into the family. So if you don't trust the in-laws, that's that's going to be a tough pill to swallow eventually. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was something that happened after the fact, not before. Possibly. Who knows? Who am I to say? So if your wife is tiptoeing around the question, you know it's coming. I highly recommend, I mean, unless your in-laws are, are murderers, I highly recommend Christ. you saying yes, especially if you have room in the house. That goes back to my uh, earlier comment. You marry the family, Sal. Yes, yes, right. yes. So if, if they're axe murderers. <laughs> Run for the hills then. Yeah. Tell them you put the house up on the market and you, you're moving west <laughs> or north or south or Saskatchewan. That's a good place. I heard that works out real well. Yes. I think it's like negative 49 during the day in the winter season. Damn, that's serious. So, Rob, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on living with the in-laws? I agree with you. I think if your significant other is entertaining the idea, I think you talk it out and you just discuss. If you have any concerns, you discuss it with them. I think that's honestly really important because if you do have concerns, if your in-laws are overbearing or very opinionated or you know will not understand your space, I think that's something you want to get out there beforehand. Were they? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. I, listen, Rob, our house is... Rob's letting it all out. Our house is a little bit bigger, so 
you know, we had like a suite that my in-laws could live in. And it also depends on the size of your house too, right? Right. So we had a suite where my in-laws could live. There's a common area for, you know, TV, kitchen, dining room. But there were, we have, we're lucky enough to have a living room and a family room. And then the kids have their toy room and I have my office. My wife has their office. So ample room for everyone to, to operate on their own and, and get their alone time and also come together as a family. So from my perspective and my, and my experience, it was fine. I actually lived at my in-laws house when we first got married. Um, we moved up from South Jersey and didn't have a place to live while my wife was pregnant. So we actually lived there for six months. So all in all, we've done it for, yeah, we've done it for a year, different, different times. Uh, it wasn't COVID then I was going into the city, so I was gone all day, but it's, it's fine. I knew at least for me, my my father in law is an electrician and a plumber, so he did a lot of handiwork around the house for us, um, and always is willing to help. And my mother in law can't sit still for a second, so she would wash the dishes, wash the clothes, fold the clothes. So those clean. are a lot of pros. Yeah, a lot of pros, but you know, at the same time, you don't get alone time. No, that is one of the cons. You don't get alone time. Um, they tend to eventually start pushing boundaries, um, invading your space, invading your privacy. You know, sometimes you as you feel as though there's nothing sacred in the house. You could be laying on your bed at home and one of the in-laws just pop in like it's just another room in the house. I will tell you, this is a great story. So I work corporate America. My father-in-law was, um, I think, a, a plant maintenance mechanic for until he retired and I'll be on conference calls. And when I work from home, so I work from home two days a week, on multiple occasions, he would knock on the door. Now my wife doesn't bother me when I'm working at all because she knows I'm on conference calls all the time. But my father-in-law, you know, when he comes in, he wants to let you know he's here. He's not being rude by any means. Hello. He's just, yeah. He's knocks on the door. He's like, Hey Rob, I just want to let you know I was here. I was like, Oh, thanks. Uh, but it, it was funny because it's, it's one of those things that, exactly to your point is it, it will interrupt your, your, your work, you know, your, not your work, but your, your habits, you know, your, your, your calendar. And it's not anything malicious, nor is it malintent. It's just, you know, people being people and your, your schedule, your, your habits change when you have other people in your dynamic. Now they've been gone for two weeks now or a week. So you're back to walking around the house in your birthday suit. Damn right. (laughs) But it's, it changes, right? So my kids, my kids like to do their own thing. You know, we, we engage with like games or whatever, but at the same point, you know, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law aren't here. And, you know, as grandparents, they want to be engaged with the kids, but kids don't always want to be engaged with them. The kids barely want to be engaged with us. So I think it's different when your in-laws are living with you when your kids are born because they're kind of, helping you raise your kids. So they're there constantly day in and day out. You know, they're there for the good times and the bad times. Whereas your, your situation is your in-laws, your, your kids are 10 and eight. Correct. So your, your in-laws just moved in six months ago. So your kids, like you said, are already in that routine. They, they have their thing. Whereas, you know, now they have these, two people coming in and trying to interrupt and break that system that they have, it becomes a little bit challenging. 
I agree. I, I, I agree. And I think we, so this is the second time we're recording this because I believe we had an audio engineer issue. Asshole. And it, it didn't record correctly. It didn't He's fired. So yeah, we fired that fuck. Yes. Fuck that guy. So we, so I think that's what I said earlier on the previous recording is I don't. Fuck that guy? No. Oh. That, that I think there's a big difference between the in-laws being there from day one versus trying to come in and it throws everything off. It throws everything out of whack. Yeah, so when your in-laws live with you, it, everything obviously changes with privacy, space. You know, y- you have to set that boundary on day one. You have to set the limits because if you don't and you assume that they understand the boundaries, those boundaries will be violated faster than you know. My mother-in-law has helped us out tremendously through the years. I will not deny that. But there's also been some heartache with her living in the house because you want to you want to instill certain values in your kids. You want to raise your kids a certain way. Then you have that that other aspect where your in-laws are thinking you're doing something wrong or they want to try and instill certain values or they want to try and raise their grandkids a certain way. And that's what I mean by you got to set the boundary because if you don't tell them, hey, look, they're my kids, this is how we do things in this house, you will be buttonheads for a real long time. I mean, it, it, it got just once over the course of the years that, that my mother-in-law has been with us, it got to a point where my wife was fighting with her mom almost on a daily basis. And it was starting to affect my, our relationship, my wife and I. So I had to, you know, I threw up the smoke signals. I had to call her sisters and get her sisters involved. So then she since backed off and she understands the boundaries now and, and happily ever after. A Sorry, brave man, right there to call in the sisters. Definitely, uh, he's rolling the dice there. Uh, but dude, it was it was shitty. It was shitty for a while, even after I called the sisters, because you know I had to take that from my wife. That how could you call my sisters? Then my mother in law. You know, you get my kids involved. It was it was a little rolling the dice there, pal. Yeah, it was a little. It's like touch and go for a bit. But you've also known your wife for a long time. Yes, I've, we're high school sweethearts. Yeah, so you have a different, um, a different stories than, than some other people may. But I, but I do think one thing there that's really important is, at least from my experience and from experiences of other people that I've talked to, typically it's not you who has an issue with the in-laws. Typically it's your significant other, not has an issue, but it brings up childhood I don't want to say trauma, but child, just how you operated as a, as a kid, right? It brings up how you were, you know, how you dealt with your parents as a teenager. And sometimes you revert back to that person. And it does end up in, in arguments and, and sometimes disagreements with, with your wife or significant other and, and their parents. And one of those things is just making sure you, you can survive that. So supporting your, your wife when she needs your support, don't, don't interject. Believe me, learn that the hard way. Don't interject. Keep your mouth shut. Yes. And especially help her. Yeah. Especially if your wife is getting, is in, is in a fight with her, in, her parents. Don't jump in the middle. Yeah. I don't, let it be bad idea. Support, support. Even if support. you think you're being funny, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> doesn't work. 
Some, sometimes those Rob, jokes fall flat. Rob learned the hard way. So I, I highly suggest not not being involved and just you know taking a step back and saying, honey, I'm here to help you. This was your idea. Don't say that. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just say, honey, I'm no, here to help you. I, I heard that really works. Yeah, no, that just, definitely doesn't work. You just throw it in your wife's face <laughs> that it was her idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know how that works for you. you can send, send, send in your stories. And, and you know what? If she's angry, just put a cape around her and say, now you're super angry. <laughs> you did that, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that would work. I'd probably get punched for that one. So, but there's also other things to take into consideration when your in-laws are moving moving in with you. Um, if you if you start off as a family of three, you know, you, your wife, and and your child, and your your in-laws plural are moving in. Now you become a family of five. So you went from feeding a family of three to now feeding a family of five. So I will say this is another thing that was really beneficial for me, at least. My in-laws would, would go and do shopping. Oh, wow. Because they, yeah. yeah, that's nice. So my, my mother-in-law is off the boat Italian. She would go to the store and she essentially cooked and, and shopped for the family. So it wasn't a big deal. And then her and my wife would like kind of alternate on, on grocery shopping depending on what they were doing. I don't even know. So you, you sent your in-laws out to shop when you were in the mood for steak? T-bones? No, I didn't, I didn't send them <laughs> out for anything. I didn't, I would be asked what I want, and I'm like, whatever the kids want, doesn't matter to me. Rob, Rob wrote the shopping list and, and pinned it to the to the Porter house right here, two of them. <laughs> no, definitely not. But, I mean, that you also got to think, when I, when I said take into consideration family of three to a family of five, that also, if you vacation a lot, you know, if, you, if, you, if your in-laws move in and the first time you go on vacation without them, without asking them to join you, that... You're going to have hell to pay. You know, your wife's going to hear it, and then you're going to hear it from your wife. So now a a vacation for three just turned into a vacation for five. And since I'm a family of five, hotels are not made for family of five. They're only made for a family of four. You got a cot. Can your three girls sleep in a bed together? That was the deal back then. Now it's fucking... Do you have to get two rooms? No, I bring a cot. Because my one daughter, dude, she's all she flails her arms at night. Oh my god, it's crazy. That's funny. Yeah, she she why when she sleep when she sleeps with her sisters very seldom, they always wake up. Oh, you hit me! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there are good 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 times and bad times with the in laws. Uh, the one thing you will lose is your privacy and your space. Set those boundaries, you know, right off the bat. Y- you have to let them know where you know where you draw the line. Um, they will watch everything you do. So if you're sitting around the house and not helping your wife, they will let your wife know that. <laughs> and they will start getting into your wife's head. That's awesome. That your husband doesn't do anything. <laughs> doesn't cook, doesn't clean, doesn't do laundry. You do all the cooking. Yeah, for the most part, I do, yeah. I do all the maintenance or, stuff in the house, too. Cooking. Yeah. The maintenance stuff in the house. Yeah, you do it. I call people. Yes, I know. I do it myself. Yeah, it wouldn't be good if I do it. <laughs> There's a whole thing there. Rob's that I'm not a handy guy, but he has a nice set of tools, though. Yeah, I have a nice. I can do some like simple stuff, but I ain't changing out. Would you change out the other night? Hot water heater. Yeah, I ain't, that ain't happening. That shit ain't happening. <laughs> I shouldn't have called somebody to do. 
Mine's new, so I'm not worried about that. Any other tips for the audience, Al, about living with your in-laws and how to avoid any distress in the marriage? I'm going to say embrace it, especially if, well, it's going to be your in-laws, which is your wife's parents. Uh, Depending on the situation, I'm sure they're not moving in with you because they want to. I'm sure it's a situation that that they need to move in with you. Um, But have the conversation with your wife. Uh, Let her know how you feel. Don't, don't hide anything um, because eventually it, it will come out when you're upset. Just let her know how you feel about the situation that you're not overly thrilled about it. I, I wouldn't say no. Um, it's a built-in babysitter. When, when you know, you, you want to go food shopping real quick, you want to jump out real quick and go maybe catch a movie with your wife or even if you want to take the weekend off, go down, you know, three-day getaway with your wife. There are pros or about having the in-laws with, live with you. Yeah, the one thing I will say is make sure to take advantage of that because in most cases, it's a temporary situation. Some cases, maybe not, but in a lot of cases, it's temporary. They're moving houses. They're, you know, they're coming up or, and visiting from somewhere. It's typically temporary, so you definitely want to use that built-in babysitter to your advantage. You can go out, go out with friends, take your wife out. I think it's important to get out of the house for for you and your wife because it'll get you some alone time, which you're not getting at your house now, which you used to. So now you got to go pay for a hotel room. I wasn't saying hotel room. <laughs> I mean, she's baller. I, I was more saying like get some like uh, a dinner and a movie or a dinner and coffee. Whatever, whatever you do, you do you. And then when you get home, park in the driveway and before you go in, do your business. <laughs> yeah, just don't get arrested. If you're in your driveway, how are you going to get arrested? You do do your thing. If if the cars are rocking, don't come a knocking. Oh god! And then your kids come out and be like, "Daddy, what are you doing in there? Are you wrestling? I lost my flashlight in the back seat." <laughs> what is our dad lesson for tonight, Sal? Embrace the question of the in laws moving in with you. Um, like I said, I, I think if your wife is uh, asking the question, it, it's for a reason that her parents probably have nowhere to go or certain situation. Let, let your wife know how you feel about it. Truly feel about it. Don't get into a fight about it. Um, and, and just set the boundaries. You know, you got to set the boundaries with the in-laws. Um, explain to them, this is how, you know, you, you live in the house with, with your, your wife and your child or children. Tell them, this is how I'm raising my kids. If, if I need your opinion, I will ask you for your opinion, but uh, you know, I, this is how we're going to do it. And listen, that's from an expert, an expert who has over a decade worth of experience here. This yes. is, you got to listen to this guy. Listen to that guy. Ooh, that brings us to the very, very f- fun part of this episode. We are reviewing a bourbon tonight. Um, tonight we are tasting... Smuggler's Notch. Small batch? Is it small yeah, batch? Yeah, it's small batch. It is small batch. Look at that. Thanks, Rob. So, uh, Smuggler's Notch, it is uh, straight bourbon whiskey. It is Distillery is Smuggler's Notch Distillery. Proof is 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. The age, I believe it's four years. Filtration is unknown. Batch size is small batch. It is a mash bill of three grains, 
51% corn. Uh, they have malted barley and rye. They did win an award 2016. They won the gold at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Amber in color. Uh, price point is 40 to $50. A little history about the uh, Smuggler's Notch, the alchemy of the father and son dream. That's the magic that created Smuggler's Notch Distillery, owned by father and son Ron and Jeremy Elliott. Not to be mistaken for Ron Jeremy. Ron, a retired business executive, and Jeremy, a research chemist in the pharmaceutical industry. He's included, he's putting in some of that uh, pharmaceutical stuff in there, huh? Inventoried the, their strengths and followed their collective passion to work as a team to create a distillery in the Vermont mountains. So Smuggler's Notch is from the mountains of Vermont. Nose and aroma, caramel, apples, and oak. Do you get that? Apples and oak? I get the oak. Not the apples. I'll give you a fucking apples. Oh, I do get the apples, actually, in the white glass. Tasting notes. We always taste our bourbons neat. Uh, cinnamon, caramel, and vaniglia. Finish. This is a slight burn. You should get that checked out. The vaniglia? Yeah. <laughs> you don't taste the vaniglia? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I hope someone listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking next episode is going to be a shit show. Oh, boy. And what's going to happen right after this one? Uh, so finish, not too complex. It's got a slight burn to it. I'm going to say this is an easy sipper. What do you think, Rob? Are you going to call it an easy sipper? I like it. I really do. I think it is an easy sipper. So I'm going to go right to my uh, rating. Do it. I'm going to give it a 7-0. Look at that guy. 7-0 from Sal on the Smuggler Notch Small Batch. Is that your high? No, that's not your highest this year. All right. So Sal gave it a 7-0. Uh, did you say price point? I think I did. Yeah, forty to fifty five dollars. Okay. So I got this from their tasting room. I think I paid fifty bucks. Um, that's a really really tough price point. I, there's some other ones I I do enjoy, but this isn't half bad. Um, so I'll give it a two on price. The taste. The first time we tasted it, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit smoother. Not so much. Not. Not so many different tasting notes that that I felt I could identify, but I really think the second time now that the bottle's been open a little bit longer, and I don't know what your opinion is, Sal, but I feel like it tastes a little bit better now. Uh, now that it's been now that it, it, the oxygen has hit it, yes, I think it tastes a little bit better. Smells a little bit different too. It smells awesome. So for a tasting, I think I'm going to give it a. I think I'll give it a two there. Um. And then for smell, I, the dry glass really gives a, a nice hint of something. Like there's a cinnamon, I don't know vanilla, but something sweet, maybe apples. There's the apples again. I got your apples. So, um, so I said two tasting, two price, and I think I'll go with two and a half on smell. I think, I think the smell really is resonating with me this time. That I think that's half the experience for bourbon. At least bourbon drinkers who regularly, you know, enjoy a, a glass, especially neat. So with that said, that's a six five. I'm hesitant to give it the Schilt staple shelf staple. The Schilt shelf staple. I'm on the I'm on the fence. I think it definitely it definitely should be. It'll be up there. I think. I think it will be close to the Schilt shelf staple. Yeah. That's Schilt, Schilt, Schilt Schilt shelf staple. Schilt shelf staple. All right, Sal. Wrong one. 
Well, that brings us to the end of our episode, the uh, in-laws episode. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the Rad Dad Show. Um, Be sure to join us. Tune in next time for another episode of the Rad Dad Show. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. 